So, how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll up to win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus entered by 4223. See rules at rolluptowin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. I am your host, Taylor, and today I am in Calgary for an exciting episode, a little bit of a last-minute episode, but those are always the best ones. Um, Today I am in Calgary with Eleni McMullen, who I have got connected with on Instagram. Um, I asked you guys who was in Calgary and who you thought would be great for the podcast, and I'm super excited to have this conversation today. Um, You you run a mom support group. You were previously a registered um, social worker. You're, you have a background in nursing. Um, and you just, I mean, already our conversations have been great. And like, you seem so sweet. And I'm so excited that you're here so we can talk about this stuff. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. And thanks to everyone yeah. who um, recommended me. Mm-hmm. That's my history. And this yeah. is me. So... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And so you also were on um, Babes and Babies podcast as well. Some other girls from the show um, who had that podcast. And how did you like doing that? Oh, my goodness. It was so fun. So it was a little bit different because we weren't in person. So we were on um, like FaceTime. It was Mm -hmm. awesome, though. It was so much fun. And you guys are all so sweet. It's just cool to meet you in person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure it can be a little bit weird from being like, these were people on TV. And now they're real people and I'm talking to them and it's yeah it's funny because I'm not really like a celeb follower but like I Mm -hmm. love the bachelor and all that so like this is my thing so thanks for having me I'm so excited yes yes um and so basically kind of even how I uh had talked to you previously to recording which is kind of like I always like to host this as like you know I'm getting to know you while the listeners are getting to know you. And I think it can be a really cool way to explore everyone's stories and how we're all different. And um, for you specifically, I mean, we've got some questions about infertility in the past and people have wanted us to cover this as a topic and just haven't had an opportunity to yet. And um, so I'm excited to now. And there's really very little that I know about you. So I'm really excited to to get to know your story a little bit. Um, And so you were born and raised here in Calgary. And how's that? Born and raised. (laughs) Um, You know, my whole life I wanted to get out of here. It's funny. And my husband came from a town just south of Calgary and Mm. he loves it here. So we've obviously stuck around, but that's why I went into nursing too. I was like, I want to travel nurse and Mm. yeah, but here we are. I mean, it's home. (laughs) So nothing like home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you and your husband now have been together for how long? Oh goodness. It's been over 10 years. So probably I would say maybe 10 but married for five, over five. Yeah. So a while. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did you feel like you always kind of knew that like you had wanted to be a mom? Because now, now you have two kids Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get into a little bit of what infertility looked like for you. But, um, was that always something kind of that you were like, yeah, I'm, I'm meant to be a mom. Yeah. So definitely 100%. It's funny though, because 
In my stomach, I always had a feeling I couldn't get pregnant. I know. And it was like one of those things I never wanted to talk about how badly I wanted Mm -hmm. to become a mother because I feared it would never happen. Yes. And um, yeah, it's like even just when we first started trying, I kind of knew. I just knew in Mm. my stomach it just something was off and I don't know why they couldn't find anything wrong but it's interesting so yes to answer your question totally yeah it was like in my heart Hmm. (laughs) see I've always had that fear because I was someone who like I never thought kids were for me and I was like I don't want kids like that's not my path and then for whatever reason when I turned 21 I don't know if it was just like biology kicking in Mm -hmm. but I was like boom, I want to be a mom. Yeah. I was like, yeah, like I want to do that. <laughs> like, I think I'd be, I think I might kind of maybe be good at doing that. Um, it was so strange. And then even that mental process of like, wait, now I want this and fuck, what if I can't have it? I like know. that would be so ex- like, I can't even imagine the amount of like excruciating pain that would come up from that. And so I think a little bit of in me, even I like try to protect myself against that of like, yeah, I want that. But like, if it doesn't happen, like it's totally okay. Yeah. A hundred percent. And the pain is like, oh my goodness. I think everyone experiences it differently. Mm-hmm. But for myself, it was literally the hardest thing I've ever gone through. Just yeah. fearing never having your own babies. And I know there's so many different routes mm-hmm. to becoming a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to look different for each person. But for myself, yeah. I kind of knew what I wanted. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it def- it's the most amazing thing in the world, though. I yeah. literally, if you even think about it, like do it. You'll never regret having a baby. So yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It seems so <laughs> sweet. So, so you're, how old are you now? I'm now 31. 31. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when was it that you kind of first started trying to have kids? So, oh my goodness. I graduated in, uh, when I was 25, I think. So just even like before we yeah. were married, dad, okay. don't listen. <laughs> Sorry, dad. <laughs> I just kind of knew, like, I just, I don't know. It was just like not really preventing and stuff yeah. like that. And then, so it was two and a half years before we actually ended up getting pregnant of like mm. full on tracking, trying. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a long time. Yeah. How did you how did you go about that process of like tracking? And- um so yeah, my goodness. Now I'm like thinking back. I'm like I think <laughs> I've like blocked it out, you know. Yeah. It was almost like traumatic for mm-hmm. me. But, um, so we had met with our doctor just cause I'm a vegan, obviously I'm like, am I yeah. healthy? Like, mm-hmm. can I have kids? And he's like, stop worrying. Yes. Like, I know you just don't worry. Yeah. Um, so we're just tracking cycles and doing all that. And yeah, it was like month after month. And I remember like six months into it, I was like, I can't believe people have to do this for a year. Like I'll never yeah. survive that. Cause yeah. every month was just so hard for me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, all of a sudden we're doing IVF and yeah. it was so difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I definitely will want to talk a little bit more about being vegan and being yes. plant-based and all of that. Um, but I will say, you know, with doing in vitro fertilization, IVF, um, I have some experience with that just through my mom. Um, she had me when she, like, three weeks after she turned 20. So she was a very young mom. Wow. Um, and then when she met my stepdad, Jason, uh they then tried to have kids when I was in middle school. Um, and I, that's always a period in my life that I look back and I'm like, you know, I really kind of was shitty as a daughter, (laughs) but at the same time I was in middle school, I was going through so much, um, so many things in South Carolina. Uh, but at that time my stepdad was deployed and my mom was trying to get pregnant at the same time. Um, he was in the air force and she ended up doing that process of in vitro. And I just remember like I'd come back from school or from like 
the plane with my friends, smoking weed, <laughs> and we'd, I'd come back, and, you know, she'd be, like, giving herself the shots, like, in her stomach, and just, just, I think I kind of blocked part of that out, but I could just see that there was so much pain, mm-hmm. and in the, in the notion that, that she might not be able to have another kid, that, that her and, and Jason wouldn't be able to share that experience together, together um, and feeling like something was maybe wrong with her body, and just the fact that she had to go through all of this when especially when she had already been able to have me which was like kind of an accident totally. that um that it, it I, I just remember just seeing that and just being like oh like I'm so sorry that I wasn't there for you more mm-hmm. um during that because like I I think now if I had to go through that process like yeah I imagine that that would be a little traumatic yeah totally I think you being her daughter though it's like not she didn't expect you to be in that position you know it's so hard because you don't really know how to be there for someone who's going Mm -hmm. through this or going through that and like it there's no way really other than just being there you know Mm -hmm. and I think being a woman and like you feel like this is what you were created to do if you were if you choose to do that and not being able to it holds a lot of shame and Mm -hmm. like it's hard it definitely is so I can imagine that was hard for her and then also having you Mm -hmm. out there smoking weed (laughs) I'm just joking she's like Taylor what are you doing out there I'm like nothing mom (laughs) no you're so sweet and empathetic um and I mean I'm just curious like for you I mean that I imagine then that you would have also struggled with that feeling of shame. Oh my goodness. That for me was like the hardest thing because, you know, so many people would say like, oh, it's because you're vegan or, oh, it's because you are like, this was after we had gotten married too when we finally were kind of sharing it with people around us and stuff. And I had been a little more fit than I am right now at that point. (laughs) You are still very (laughs) fit. Stop. No body shaming. It was so funny though because I'm like, well, being, wouldn't being strong make it better? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't being vegan? And, you know, we kept going to our doctor and he's like, seriously, there's nothing thing you're doing like mm. absolutely nothing yeah. like it's completely out of your control yeah. and he's like the smartest man ever so I just kept leaning on that like there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong yeah. with me or what I'm doing and it's out of my control and mm. I kept trying to tell myself that but when you're in it oh yeah. my goodness like it's all blame you're yeah. all like what am I doing wrong what am I missing and well and especially when people are literally telling you like oh well it's because you're vegan mm-hmm. that that's like that's because of a decision that you made that now is your fault and why this this, this can't happen for you totally um, and I'm not even sure in terms of just the research and the science on how being vegan could impact your ability to get pregnant yeah it's actually funny because the more research we did and the more we looked into it mm-hmm. it was actually linking um meat and dairy and stuff to reproductive problems so yeah because of all the hormones and mm-hmm. stuff that are already in that i would think that that would be more yeah so honestly there was no connection with the diet and stuff like that so i don't know it was just an, yeah a thing people to say yeah. i don't know <laughs> did you ever think like oh maybe i should eat meat because everyone's telling me that it's because i'm vegan like did you attempt to change up your diet at all or your doctor was just like no. you're good and so you were yeah like, for okay. me like being vegan is such an emotional decision that like mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just yeah. not. <laughs> but literally, yeah. like, I did try being gluten free, and I'm like, hey, this is just <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> I need like, all the this bread. Is too much. <laughs> but literally, like, because you know, I read that you doing gluten free mm-hmm. can help people. Um, mm-hmm. So I did that in combination for about a month, and then I'm like, still not pregnant. <laughs> Forget yes. this. Yeah. So yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, let's let's if we can get a little bit into the vegan part, just because totally. we're here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
So you've been vegan for how long? Oh, goodness. It was a couple years before we got married. So like seven and a half, eight years now. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's been a while. But and you said it's a very emotional decision. It is an emotional yeah. decision. I watched Food Inc. Which, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And then that night, I'm like, forget this. My husband's like, our life is going to suck. Like, we can't <laughs> eat sushi. And yeah. I'm like, just look at those beings mm-hmm. and yeah and he's also vegan with me now too so oh, okay. he's been on and off vegetarian and vegan kind of flip-flopping but he's mm-hmm. been vegan straight for a while so it's awesome Aww. yeah yeah and so then i have so many questions Ask they're all away. over the place um but now you have two kids now mm-hmm. and are you raising them vegan as well yes 100 percent. yeah so it's kind of like what i love sharing with people is that you can be vegan still eat good food mm-hmm. raise healthy babies be yep. pregnant and vegan yeah. so lots yeah. of amazingness and fun <laughs> you're great <laughs> and then after this after this recording we're actually going to a uh sanctuary for like yes. neglected abused abandoned farm animals mm-hmm. and i'm so excited that we're doing that <laughs> it's gonna be so fun yes they um, just rescued a pig sorry to interrupt she um two pigs actually pigs. she just had her babies last night so we got to yeah. oh my god i'm so I know. excited <laughs> It's awesome. It's perfect timing. It's so fun. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I definitely watched Food Inc. And mm-hmm. then I watched Food Matters. And then I just went through like this uh, binge of, you know, these very intense documentaries about food and our agriculture system. And that was really what prompted my move into more plant-based eating and just becoming very aware of like what I'm eating, what's in it, and where is it from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember this was like an undergrad and literally I went to like a uh, Monsanto like protest rally. <laughs> and I was like, I went real extreme for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I had like made these posters of like no GMO. And like, <laughs> it was intense. Um, but yeah, that was when I like started going to the farmer's markets more and wanting to eat things, you know, that didn't come in boxes and where I could figure out a source from fresh local farmers and, and all of that. And it was a much more like connecting experience for me. And, and I did still eat some meat then, but it was from farmers that I knew where I could literally, and I did go to their farm where like they live with their family and their children and, um, see the horses and see the cows and see the pigs and see the chickens and see the kids interact with them. And the fact that they were learning about this whole like life cycle was just amazing to me. And I was like, yeah, I want to put my money towards this and not like Mm -hmm. some corporation that like, I don't know at all. Um, but then slowly it did just kind of get to like, yeah, I actually don't feel good eating that. And like, I'm a huge cat lover and a huge like animal lover in general. And so I'm like, I would not be able to physically kill this animal and eat it. And so, like, that just feels wrong of me to eat it. That's, like, a huge thing for me, too. And I think everyone approaches this lifestyle differently. And it looks so different for each person. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like, I believe and like, what I try to share so much is that even if you're doing a little bit of change and working towards a little bit more plant-based, I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. And that's saving our earth and the animals and just Mm -hmm. way more effective than being like this. Mm -hmm you're not doing it perfectly because nobody's perfect and we're never ever ever gonna get that Mm -hmm. so why not just welcome people to this with love and like Mm -hmm. so yeah that's kind of like my mission mostly with the vegan life and stuff is Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the times two people think I'm like a patchouli hippie (laughs) like tree hugging which I mean I have a couple of those traits but yeah 
I'm just like an everyday girl and I want people to know you can be too and mm-hmm. yeah, do it with love and yeah. what works for you might, might not work for everyone, but that's okay. Yeah. So good for you. I, I love that whole philosophy and I think that's really important because I think when people hear that someone's vegan, they just automatically think like all these stereotypes of that person and again, think that they're going to be like shamed or that mm-hmm. they, you know, are that that your ideas are going to be totally pushed onto them. And, um, I mean, you have, you have a totally separate Instagram page, mm-hmm. the kindest plate and yes. everything on there was beautiful when I looked, um, and great ideas for recipes and stuff. Uh, but I think it is important, like you said, to know that it's going to work differently for everyone. And I think too, everyone's bodies are going to be different and they're going to mm-hmm. crave different things. And so it's like, eat what your body needs and what, you know, what is going to feel good for you. And like some days for me, I feel it might feel good to have, um, you know, a ramen with like a chicken broth or something, but other days it might be like, I don't want anything that has animal in it at all. A hundred percent. I totally think that. And that's yeah. what I kind of do. Like I want to attract all the non-vegans and like mm-hmm. let you guys know that you can do this however little you want. Yeah. And I think it's so important. So yeah. listening to yourself and your heart and mm-hmm. what you feel called to do, which maybe not all vegans agree with, but that's okay. <laughs> that's just yeah. my method. And yes, yes. <laughs> it's been pretty effective. I feel like I've mm-hmm. I've helped a lot of people just learn how easy it can be because I'm like a mm-hmm. super simple cook too. And yeah. it's just like two kids, literally, I have like one on my hip and like one pulling at me all the mm-hmm. time. So yeah. <laughs> it's awesome though. I love Aww. doing it. <laughs> yeah. And how do they enjoy i mean because how old are they now so harlow is two and a half and then arrow is seven months so okay they are like amazing eaters they Mm -hmm. eat like every vegetable but it's because we started them on that from day one Mm -hmm. so that's all they know and yeah and it's funny when you talk to kids and they're like oh what do you mean? Like, she'll be like, what, why is she eating a chicken? I don't understand, mom. <laughs> I'm like, well, some people do. And like, it's just interesting, like how, yeah. how she sees the world. So it's yeah. pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. Um, and so then at that age, they're not like in any kind of like daycare or like socializing with any other kids yet. Right. No. Well, I'm at like at home, working at home yeah. and same with my husband. So, but I know like going to birthday parties and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's funny because I was talking to my girlfriend the other day and she told me she's literally like, we have no dietary restrictions, but like kids come to our birthday parties Mm -hmm. and their mom's packing them this because they can't have that or this and that. And she's like, it's everywhere. Like no matter what you're doing now, like everyone has a different lifestyle. It's kind of like the norm. So Hmm. I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know, um, like, a very close friend of mine, uh, very close family friend of mine, he's basically like my dad, Rob, um, he has a little girl named Naya, and she's actually allergic to dairy, um, and so it's interesting now watching her kind of navigate, um, and he's actually vegetarian, and so she ends up eating mostly plant-based, uh, but, you know, when she's at daycare or when she's, like, at a birthday party, it's like, you know, she's, she's specifically like, you know, does that pizza have my cheese on it or is that milk cheese? (laughs) And it's like, no, you can't have that pizza. Like, but we'll get you different pizza. Um, and yeah, it's just interesting to see like children kind of navigate those differences. Totally. And I think they just become aware and as she grows up and as they both grow up, they may not choose this life. And I just have to kind of be okay with that and do my best to guide them with my beliefs and stuff. But ultimately they're going to make their own decisions and I just have to support them in that too. So (laughs) yeah. Like what if she then goes and, you know, 
decides that, that they want to eat meat. I know. Then how will you cope with that? <laughs> well, I feel like by the time they're that old, like vegan's going to be super cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 You think of how far it's come even since I first started. Mm-hmm. Like people were like, you're crazy. What are yeah. you doing? But yeah. um, I don't yeah. know. I feel like it'll be. And so many people are choosing this life. And like, mm-hmm. so we'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens at that time. But yeah. I'm open for anything. Whatever happens, happens. And <laughs> Yes. It's a good outlook to have because you can't control any of it's that. It's true. Um, do you guys have any animals? We do. Yeah. We have two Yorkies. So they're not really like pure Yorkies, obviously, but... Mm-hmm. They're amazing. (laughs) I literally, like, my end goal, I'm like, I just want to be, like, successful so I can open my own sanctuary and save all the animals, which is why I'm so drawn to Mm -hmm. this place we're going to today. Yeah, I am... My dream in Seattle is to have some chickens and some goats, mm-hmm. uh, which like many people in Seattle, even like in like city limits, city, like, have totally. chickens in their yards, <laughs> like their small yards. They have little chicken coops um, and goats and stuff. And I'm like, I that's that's in my cards, a hundred percent. But yeah, so now I, I want to dig a little bit into of like course. some feeling stuff here. Let's do um, this. <laughs> so. I'm curious if you have any kind of experience with therapy. I know you went through like social working yeah. and all of that. And like, if you've done any kind of therapy work yourself, especially through like infertility. No, but I think I should have <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> definitely <laughs> feel like it would have helped me a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know why I think I was in such a dark place mm-hmm. that I just was like, not even ready to address that I wasn't doing okay. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I wish I had though. And yeah. the clinic that we actually did IVF through, they offer okay, like yeah. therapy through that and yeah. stuff. So, but at that point, I was like, I'm on a mission. Like, yeah. I don't got time for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely think I should have. I was not okay. Yeah. 100% not okay. Yeah. So I always like to ask people, mm-hmm. like, how do you know when you're not okay? Like, when you're not doing well, yeah. what is that like? physically look like like if someone else were to observe you like what would they see and what do you observe to realize that like yeah I'm not yeah. not doing well so I think like not doing the things you're normally enjoying to do mm-hmm. that was a really poor sentence but like yeah. you're not able to like live your normal life mm-hmm. you're not seeing the same like for myself I'm very optimistic I yeah. always see the good in everything mm-hmm. and I wasn't I was a pessimist I was like crying literally on the bathroom floor just like devastated month after month Mm -hmm. um I was kind of like pulled back I wouldn't want to like see my friends as much or like do as much but then in other times I'd be my total normal self so Mm -hmm. my husband would be like okay like maybe things are good but it was hard and like it wasn't until I actually dealt with those feelings and Mm -hmm. like manage them that I was I literally got myself to a happy like spot before I I actually got pregnant and Mm. that's something I constantly encourage people to do because Mm. I think it's like oh well once I get pregnant then I'll be happy but I think about it imagine like getting pregnant being that miserable and then going through all the hormones of pregnancy Mm -hmm. then having to raise a baby which is pretty stressful especially at the beginning and I feel like it's so important to just deal with it before you get to that point so I wish yeah. I had done things a little bit differently but I, I know that before I actually even started IVF I was feeling a lot better I was managing things better I had gone back to yoga mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of meditation and practice okay, yeah. in that way so I was starting to like serve myself a little yeah. more which is so important mm-hmm. definitely definitely um, and even just in terms of like meditation and yoga um, I know meditation is something 
that I've talked a bunch about on the pod and it's, I think like really difficult oh for people to, to get to doing. Mm-hmm. And so whenever someone says that, that they've practiced it, yeah. um, I'm curious what your experience has been in that and like how kind of what that process looks like. And I think I always say this to people. It's like a skill you'll never mm-hmm. regret learning because yeah. I think we're in our heads a lot and we think so much and we carry yeah. a lot And the second that you can stop and not Mm -hmm. think and just be and like, I think that it honestly, it's helped me. There's so many times where I felt honestly, like I couldn't go on and I would just go and practice and meditate and it would just put me in a place of, Mm -hmm. you know, where I don't know, it's like the most indescribable, like, I think meditation's hard. Like yeah. at first you're like, oh, I have to feed the dogs or like, yep. <laughs> I, I really want to go for Yeah. Like, and it's just like blocking those out and learning to do that is a gift. And I seriously love it. And yeah. I need to do it more. Like, what yeah. am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I definitely need to do it more as well. And I, and I want to, and I think there are certain times where I'm like, yeah, I, I'm like maybe not meditating, but I'm being really mindful in what I'm doing and that that almost feels like a sort of meditation mm-hmm. um, where like the one example I love using is doing the dishes because that for me is a very like relaxing thing once I actually am focusing on just doing the dishes. Like that's all I'm thinking about is scraping this plate off and then I'm going to put this plate in this thing. And just that um, whole notion of like, not necessarily repetition, but order, I guess, even in terms of like my cleaning of the apartment, you know, it's like, I'm going to clean off all the counters and then I'm going to vacuum and like just that in and of itself feels a a bit meditative just because you're so focused and you're being really mindful. But the moments where you do just sit there and focus on your breathing and are not doing anything is really hard. I know it is. <laughs> but even just with what you're saying about being mindful and being present, yeah. we are such in a time where we're so distracted and there's always a phone to look at or yes. something to catch up on. And I believe it's unhealthy. I mm-hmm. think we need to focus on this moment yeah. and um, as simple as doing the dishes and how important that is in that yeah. time and even for your mind. Like yeah. we don't know the effects of being distracted all the time, but I think it's affecting us and mm-hmm. more than we're aware of for sure. Definitely, definitely, definitely is. Um, and I and I really, I like what you said going back a little bit to, um, you know, that that notion that once you get pregnant, you'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's something, it reminds me of Brene Brown, who I yes. love <laughs> and you know, going through all these examples of like, once I lose 10 pounds, I'll be happy. Once I get this job, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really it's actually the happiness needs to come from within and not necessarily all these external things, especially when it comes to outward approval that I think a lot of the things that we think are going to make us happy are the pleasing of other people, mm-hmm. um, about who we are and about how we look, especially as women, um, especially even as a mom, I can't imagine. Um, And yeah, it's like, how do you then get to that place where you are feeling so low and you're struggling with all that shame and you're, um, blaming yourself for the fact that you can't, um, have kids and then get into that place where I guess it, it almost kind of sounded like doing the in vitro was kind of what helped a little bit and then you were in a good place and then got pregnant. Yeah, I think it's almost too because I just wanted a diagnosis. I wanted yeah. them to be like, this is what's wrong. This yeah. is the solution. Mm-hmm. 
And that that wasn't the case for us. We had unexplained infertility, mm-hmm. so there was no known cause, yeah. which is really frustrating. Seriously. But then knowing that, you know, I just had to shift my perspective. I had mm-hmm. to, like, I look back on some of the videos we had made and put out and stuff, and I'm like, mm-hmm. why do I sound so positive? I don't remember feeling that way. But mm-hmm. it's like I was conditioning my mind to know that it was going to happen. And I kept telling mm-hmm. myself, you are going to be a mother one way or another. Yeah. You need to believe this. And I watched so many things and learned so much mm-hmm. about the power of our minds and how mm-hmm. believing can totally affect the outcome. Yeah. So I just shifted everything. I'm like, hey, we're doing IVF. The doctors were like, yeah, you'll get pregnant. Like they were like, mm-hmm. why are you stressing? Why are you crying? They could yeah. not understand how I felt, mm-hmm. which was a huge problem. But um, I think just mm-hmm. even just having other people believe in me and be confident in that and stuff and then I just was like okay something's got to shift this isn't working I need to take action and I know that I'm in control of how I feel so I need to take control and I need to Mm -hmm. fix this (laughs) yeah and you said you were sharing videos so you were like publicly sharing with with people about this experience Mm -hmm. so I hid infertility which I'm not a secret person like ask me anything and I'll tell you and I had this this is great you're very open (laughs) perfect guest but it's funny because I had this following and these people who kind of like came to me every day and I was hiding it from everyone and I was like Tim like you know storytelling heals I believe that I think sharing your story is powerful and literally if you can affect one person and help them live better or healthier happier anything like do it but just telling my story really, really helped yeah. me begin my healing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it really happened was yeah. just being like, hey, guys, this is what's happening. I made a video. It's like pretty bad now that I look back on it. But like <laughs> so many people still message me and yeah. say, hey, you've really helped me with this. So I don't know. I think doing that, putting that out there was like the stepping stone that I needed mm-hmm. to, to heal. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And you say when you look back at it that it's you, you were so positive and so happy and mm-hmm. you're like, I don't remember that. Um, did you ever kind of put out there some more of what you were struggling with or what, what you remember? Oh my goodness. Totally. Yeah. yeah. If you watch them, I mean, they're... <laughs> this is on YouTube? Yeah. They're okay. so bad. But literally like... I wanted people to know it hurts. And like, yeah. if you have someone who's going through infertility around you or like Mother's Day coming up, mm-hmm. it's a really hard time. And yeah. I think secondary infertility, like your mom had gone through, mm-hmm. um, is just as hard, yeah. you know, because everyone's family looks different mm-hmm. to each person. And it's so hard when like, well, you already have one baby. And it's like, yeah. that's not okay. You know, yeah. I think it's like, you have to understand that people have goals for themselves and mm-hmm. stuff. So anyways, I put out these videos and just hoping that, um, people yeah. would sort of find a little bit of like strength in their journey because mm-hmm. it's not easy. And yeah. I just like being honest and mm-hmm. <laughs> putting yeah. that out there. And it really helped a lot though, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I totally agree with you. I think there is tremendous power in storytelling and almost this sort of narrative therapy where mm-hmm. we really get to like 100%. own our story and that that can be so impactful and so healing um, as another part of like why I want to have the podcast because it's an opportunity for like for me to help people share their stories in a way that can be healing and also helping for other people helping for other people it's not a, <laughs> not a not a correct sentence um, but yeah I mean I think it as wonderful as that thought is and where we know the the factual healing of it um it takes a lot to get to that point Mm -hmm. just to be able to actually say i'm not going to let the fear of judgment or the fear of external shame um 
coming at me to prevent me from speaking up. And I think, especially when it comes to stuff like this, the shame can be so powerful that you feel like you can't use your voice. Mm-hmm. I 100% think so. <laughs> I yeah. literally was like hiding and it's not even like I knew what I was afraid of. I just didn't mm-hmm. want anyone to know. I literally like could yeah. not admit it. So I think admitting it was like a huge mm-hmm. factor in just sort of getting it all going. And I told my husband, yeah. I'm like, something's deep inside of me is telling me to share this. Mm-hmm. And my purpose, like I was doing style posts when, I mean, I love style and it's sort of yeah. like a subtle part of my life but that's not Mm -hmm. what I was meant to do and I know that and Mm -hmm. I'm like maybe this is my purpose and maybe this is why I'm out here and doing this and so it all kind of came to that and here I am (laughs) yeah and I mean and that's one thing that I love too like I'm not you know you're like super cute and like a super (laughs) cute style and like your page is very very beautiful um and I'm like I can't do that like like, I'm just like that's just not me but I love when people can do the combination of you know having that in a way highlight reel of like it being these really beautiful things that Mm -hmm. you've worked really hard to curate but also having that realness of like Yes, I have, you know, the super cute outfit and my really cute kids and all this. But, like, also, I'm also still a real person. And I have struggled with some real shit. And I'm sure you have, too. And, like, just want to let you know you're not alone. Yeah, I 100%. So, I actually stopped Instagramming. I... Something happened in my mind where I was like, this is so dumb. What am I doing? I don't believe in this. I hate what I'm doing. I'm not putting out things I'm passionate about or loving. And yes, it was, you know, partly my job and that's how I was making income. But I was like, I can't do this. I stopped as soon as my last contract had ended. And I was like, what, what do I need in my life? And I never thought I was going back. I took 10 months off and then something came over me again. I'm like, your purpose is like more than what you're doing and I love being a mom I believe it's my calling as well but I knew that there was more to it and that was like the biggest struggle and I hope that I'm putting that out there and Mm -hmm. like letting people know that it's not just pictures on Instagram and I know that's part of the business side of it but like Mm -hmm. literally yeah there's so much more to it Mm -hmm. yeah it's a lot um and not even just going through infertility and everything like in your personal life but then instagram is just a whole other uh section of things to kind of like be able to fuck with your mental health there Mm -hmm. um and i'm curious like in terms of your actual relationship how you and your husband have both like coped with everything i mean like there's your personal experience Mm -hmm. of you know this is like physically your body and like you know your your specific calling of being a mom that feels like it's not going to be able to happen but then it's also like the two of you together you know and like how your husband was able to cope with that and how you guys were able to work together as a team to to heal from that and to cope with it yeah I think you know it can go either way and for us it just brought us closer like Mm -hmm. he felt so bad because I think he didn't feel the way I did he knew it was going to happen he couldn't Mm -hmm. really understand why I felt so Mm -hmm. hurt by it all but I mean he wasn't the one who's going to be carrying the baby or delivering the baby you know and that's something that not is not for everyone but for myself I really wanted that experience Mm -hmm. in my life and um for him I think it was just being kind of there for me when he didn't even really know how to be there for me. Yeah. And he just was so confident. He's like 
pretty positive in that area where he knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. And hmm. it taught us patience for sure. Yeah. And everyone asks me, like, how are you so patient? Like, I've had people stop me and be like, how are you not? Like, our two-year-old is, she's something. And they're like, <laughs> you're so patient. And I'm like, literally, like, of course I lose my patience. But I waited so long for this that mm-hmm. what else can I do but continue on mm-hmm. to be patient? And yeah. I think that's something we both took from it. And he just learned um, how, how much of a gift they are. Because he always admits he's not the most selfless person. Mm-hmm. So just understanding truly how much of a blessing it is mm-hmm. to be able to have children, um, it helps him a lot. He's like, okay, no, like nobody has it better than me. Like mm-hmm. he stands back and stares at us and just says, I'm so lucky. So mm-hmm. just a good support and yeah. brought us closer for sure, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm assuming since you did not receive any kind of therapy yourself that he did not either. No, he probably needed some help to like how to guide (laughs) me, but no, it's something I would encourage though. A hundred percent. I think there's no shame in it. Obviously like, and his mom did lots of um, work in that area as well through what she did in her job and stuff. And like, I think we both knew we needed to Mm -hmm. do something, but yeah, we didn't. I would yeah. encourage it 100% yeah. though. So then how did you guys kind of cope? Like, was there support of family and friends? And I mean, it sounds like once you had kind of made things a little bit more public and like shared what was going on that you kind of had maybe some of that support from people online. But I mean, I guess it, support is always such a, a tricky thing because I think we all receive it differently and we all want it to look different. Um, and especially when it comes to like the romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm curious just what that support looked like for you. Oh my goodness. I think that's an area that we both felt we didn't really have, and it's not anything against our support system mm-hmm. at all. I don't think people understood how to be there for us. Yeah. And a lot of the times I'll get friends saying, my friend's going through this. I'm pregnant. What do I do? I need to support her on this. Yeah. And it's so hard. And like, I don't think there's anything that people could have done to support us better, better than other than blah, 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 yeah. other than just being there for us in mm-hmm. other ways, you know, and just saying like, uh, it's not like a lot of times people are like, it's okay. Like it's going to happen. And yeah. to me in that moment, it wasn't okay. And it wasn't going to happen. So it's just, I don't know. It's so hard. I always get asked this and I think just not feeling bad for us either. Like we don't want yeah. you to feel sad or like, you don't want a pity party. Totally. And yeah. that's so not that that's worse. Like, honestly, that just makes things so much worse. And I think just offering like, Mm -hmm. like yourself and just your presence and even just being there and saying nothing and doing nothing, Mm -hmm. I think is so powerful. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, one of the hardest, but also most powerful parts of empathy is literally just sharing that space for someone else to just be. Mm hmm. And to just allow their experience to be what it is. Mm -hmm. I totally, it's so true. Yeah. It's very difficult to do. And I think, you know, especially when it comes to something like infertility that is so personal and is um, so difficult emotionally, like to wrap your head around, um, that it can feel a little daunting to be like, how, how am I supposed to even support in this? Like, Mm -hmm. I have no clue. Um, And I'm curious, I know you said with the clinic that you worked with that there were counseling services available, um, but then even throughout the process of doing in vitro, like, did you know any other women that were doing it at the same time? Like, was there anyone that you could talk to that you felt like could relate? Yeah, I'm trying to like think back. Oh yeah, actually my husband's boss at the time, his wife had gone through it. So she 
we had talked a lot and and the Mm -hmm. one thing she told me which I thought was so helpful was like you're starting but just be prepared for like a lot more waiting and I think that helped me because I was like okay we're starting I'm gonna be pregnant you know Mm -hmm. and it's just like waiting upon waiting upon waiting (laughs) so that really helped and just yeah having someone to like ask questions to Mm -hmm. and all those things it's yeah. yeah yeah it's um I think patience is so hard and we've talked about that a little bit mm-hmm. I'm not patient yeah. at all um but yeah I think especially once you once you kind of learn that there's this thing that's going to help you you know that you're going to do this kind of this treatment that that's going to help that there is this sense of hope and this sense of like okay it's going to be fixed now mm-hmm. so I'm sure that knowing getting some advice from someone was really helpful that like totally there will be more time <laughs> yeah it's true because it's yeah. yeah it's a lot of unknown too mm-hmm. you know you don't know what's gonna happen mm-hmm. what to expect and every cycle yeah. so different and every like method yeah. they use and all that so yeah, yeah. it's a lot of waiting and patience mm-hmm. <laughs> so what what was that actual process of doing in vitro like for you and i guess emotionally how that was different to experience than just you guys trying on your own yeah I think that, oh my goodness, so we did like rounds of meds before that and we did interuterine insemination and that was just to me, I like looked at the stats and the numbers. I'm like, I feel like we're wasting our time and some people it works, but with me, they just didn't know. So I'm like, what can we do? Like, I need to speed this up. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, starting IVF, I feel like it depends on the clinic because I kind of was like in the unknown, even just like having a nursing background, I'm like, what are we doing? What step is this? Mm-hmm. Why? Like, why am I on this protocol? I didn't even know there was different protocols. So I felt like if I, there's one thing I could have done differently, it would have been like asking more questions, being yeah. more aware of what was going on. And but I'm sure it was pretty like daunting, I would imagine. Yeah. I don't so know. seriously, you have to go for like ultrasounds every morning and like there's so much that goes into it shots at certain times so you literally had to work around your shots you had to be have access to like a public bathroom or at least being able to do it in private and stuff unless you wanted to whip out shots in front of everyone and it's kind of hard yeah it definitely like takes a lot it's a lot Mm -hmm. of specific timing and yeah Yeah. I mean did you feel like that was like a lot of pressure on you to to make sure that you were doing all of those things right because if there was maybe one thing that you didn't do right that then was all going to be your fault that it didn't work this time well my husband was like super supportive in there step by step through everything so he was really good at like timing and he wouldn't give me the shot so he like couldn't do it yeah (laughs) I was like get out of here like let me just do this myself well it's good that you have that background in nursing yeah totally (laughs) and just knowing small things and stuff and yeah yeah, it was I mean emotionally was the hardest thing for me Mm -hmm. the egg retrieval was pretty hard I came out a little bit loopy but other than that like I think the emotional part was the hardest part. And I know that's different for everyone, but for myself, that yeah. was it. Hmm. And how? Just, I, I was just so that? scared it wouldn't work. I think mm-hmm. for me, it was like, I'm going through all this. And also too, like, how does everyone just become a mom and not have to pay thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to do it? And yeah. so that for me was, um, a, that was really hard too. Just like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you just carry all these things. Like, why can't it just happen? But yeah. if it had happened naturally, it wouldn't have been Harlow. So mm-hmm. I literally think it was the most amazing thing I've ever gone through looking back and while I was in it I was like I would never wish this upon my worst enemy like Mm -hmm. this is so hard but now I I wouldn't trade it for the world it taught me so much and becoming a better mother and human Mm -hmm. and wife and businesswoman and everything so it totally helped me yeah I'm I'm curious if there was ever a moment for you where you guys considered other means of Mm -hmm. having a kid of like 
adopting or absolutely it's still something we would um like to do we've talked about this the other night actually we watched instant family i don't know if you watched it (laughs) but literally it's something that um is in our hearts and tim's like we cannot have 30 kids so we need to figure this out (laughs) and like and we still have an embryo so now and we got pregnant with arrow not like um spontaneously is that the word oh just naturally <laughs> so, yeah just, so it, it just, just happened yes it was kind mm-hmm. of an amazing surprise so we had thought we would just like go to our embryo and then maybe explore adoption mm-hmm. um so now we don't know what's gonna happen because i don't know if four kids is in our future yeah. so but <laughs> i don't know i'm like one kid sounds like a lot i know and then i'm like several kids. i'm like i don't know <laughs> They're all so different. Our first was a lot harder than our second. So it's personalities yeah. and... Yeah. But you'll never regret having a kid, so... Yeah. Well, and now, I mean, now you have this whole new identity that was kind mm-hmm. of always something that it sounds like you had dreamed of and that you had wanted for yourself. And so, I mean, what's that moment like when you actually realize that, like, holy shit, it worked and, yes. like, you're pregnant? I know. I feel like it's something that I was a mother before I became a mother. Mm-hmm. I literally was the one who always was there for others, did for yeah. others, you know? So I think it was just in my heart. I knew that it was a role for me. Mm-hmm. I've never felt more at home. Like, yeah. I feel like this is just where I'm supposed to be and... I love it. Like some days I'm like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) (laughs) But literally most of the time I'm just like, it's a tough day, but we're going to get through it. And what a gift to have this tough day. So yeah, it feels like home for sure. Wow. Yeah. That's so sweet. (laughs) And I mean, (laughs) it is. And I, I mean, I can totally see where having to, really intentionally go about this process and having Mm -hmm. to like really, really work for that in so many ways, financially, emotionally, physically, Mm -hmm. um, that, that it would, it would feel, I don't know if more is the right word, but it would, it would feel like it really was this gift that you worked so hard for and that like the appreciation for that would maybe go a little bit deeper. It's definitely deepened, I think, because of my experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I do believe that, you know, sometimes people fall pregnant and they're mm-hmm. given this baby and it's really hard for them in other areas. So just being able to like say that it's so everyone's journey of motherhood is going to look so different mm-hmm. and it's okay for it not to be okay yeah. too. Because there are some days where I'm like almost like guilty when I'm like, oh, this is a hard day. But like yeah. we're allowed to feel that way too, you know? Yeah. And just like people who maybe haven't had the experience of trying so hard for a baby, mm-hmm. like they're still like allowed to appreciate the shit yes. out of their kids as well. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's just hard. And every day is so different and every day mm-hmm. you just pick something from, but it definitely, yeah. the, the gratitude is like, mm-hmm. it's just a different perspective because it's a different experience, yeah. I think. Do you ever feel like you have to like, like when you have those moments where you're like, oh my God, this is so difficult. And like, oh my God, like they're so annoying right now or whatever, where perhaps it's not this moment of gratitude. Do you feel mm-hmm, like, of course, the, <laughs> like, like there's any shaming that comes in of like, no, like you need to be really grateful for this because like you almost couldn't even have it. So even though like it feels like it sucks right now, like stop. Hmm. I think, yeah, that comes up. But a lot of the times I'm like, it's okay to, to, to know that this moment's hard and still mm-hmm. appreciate them because yeah. 
I mean, there's no, like, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't know. I think I try mm-hmm. to say that on the mom board too. Like moms will be like, oh my goodness, I feel so guilty for feeling this way. I'm like, stop. Like yeah. your day is allowed to be hard and yeah. you're allowed to like not be okay and need to get in your car and go for a drive. And that's yeah. okay. Cause you're still human. And it would almost be unnatural to always be positive yes. and always be grateful. Yes. And like, but I try and I think it totally affects my happiness. It's mm-hmm. made me like be the person that I am so it's definitely shaped me and yeah but I think you know it comes with both sides yeah yeah I mean I really appreciate the fact that you do have this um practice and belief almost in in just this the the simple notion of like letting yourself feel what you are feeling Mm -hmm. and allowing space for those things to come up even if they are uncomfortable even if they are things that you know you could negate with saying no like you should be really grateful Mm -hmm. um because, yeah, that's all, all of that is so hard. And even though, like, motherhood is something that, that, that you had dreamed of and that, you know, now you have, still doesn't mean that it can't be something that's, like, really, really, really difficult. Oh, I know. And, like, blocking those feelings, I think it's not going to serve me. You yeah. know, like, when I'm like, no, it's all good and perfect. Like, mm-hmm. it's not. <laughs> and there's yeah. days where, like, well, most of the time we're in PJs all day mm-hmm. and just at home and living slow. And it's something yeah. I believe in and practice and mm-hmm. it works for us. So, yeah. yeah. And so now like you have, um, you share some of this on your Instagram convey the moment. Um, and you share like your, your vegan stuff on the kindest plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also have like a mom support group. Can you share yes. a little bit about that? So that I have on Facebook and it's just a place where moms, like I feel like, you know, becoming a mother and stuff. I was like, why are people so judgy? Like, mm-hmm. and I think that stems from inner insecurities honestly and like I think that you know if we want to raise the next generation to make change and do better we have Mm -hmm. to stand up as females and as mothers and be the change that needs to happen Mm -hmm. because like my arm hairs kind of stand up but like you judging how I do motherhood will never make you a better mom Mm -hmm. and in fact it'll only hold you back and I want to put that out there I want people to live this and believe it and if I can do that like together with these humans they're the moms on there are the ones that are making the change like these women are incredible they're Mm -hmm. so supportive so encouraging so kind and i think it's because they're moms who are coming from a place of like struggle and but confidence and then Mm -hmm. security and well they're so vulnerable you know so it's a powerful place and i mean it's it's great like Mm -hmm. i think they're all impacting the future so much more than they know because they're raising those babies Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and i mean also like encouraging of the husbands to also you know the dads like (laughs) that they got to step up too like and be a part of that and um yeah no I I think that's amazing that that you have that group um have you ever done any kind of like meetup with that no we've talked about it like so many times and I think it's something we definitely want to do because I think putting like getting together in person and seeing these people in person and just having our kids be together and stuff would be really powerful. Mm It would be awesome. I think it's something we should do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can see where that would be like very, very helpful for people. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm happy to hear that like now you are in a place where, you know, like you went through a lot of shit to get here (laughs) to be the mom that you are now. Um, and I'm, I'm curious if you ever do just kind of like take a moment for that. I mean, it, I, I assume that you do based on just your meditation practices and, <laughs> and all do. that, but that's like, you went through a lot to be to where you are now. I know. And that 10 months I took off, oh my gosh, it was yeah. the best 10 months <laughs> of my life. I just like ate and traveled and yeah. I was a mom and a wife and it was so mm-hmm. good. And I think, 
you know, so much of our life we focus on like kind of, I don't know, it's so hard, especially with social media and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And I think we need to remove ourselves from that. And we need to know that the best things happen offline and the Mm -hmm. best things happen when your phone's put away and you're present with those kids because they're watching you and Mm -hmm. they're seeing you. And I mean, I make mistakes. I have a job that's on my phone. It's hard. But at the end of the day, it's so important to just be there and show up to your kids and your life and yourself, even if you're not a mom, like be there for yourself, like Mm -hmm. unplug and do you and what makes you happy and who cares what everyone else thinks. Like, yeah. Well, and even as a mom, I mean, how do you make sure that you're taking the time to take care of yourself? I mean, you have two kids yeah. and they're like babies. I know. You know. I have an amazing husband who literally like, I think he, he's not selfless, but with me, he like puts me first, which is so amazing. Yeah. Like he wakes up with them. I feel so bad. <laughs> he like does breakfast every day and I'm just literally chilling, drinking my coffee. But yeah. having a support of some kind, we don't have like a huge family support mm-hmm. like we have them but they're just not yeah. super there every day taking yeah. kids and stuff like that so we kind of lean on each other mm-hmm. a lot yeah and it's awesome yeah <laughs> oh well thank you so much for sharing all oh of this goodness. with me today and and all the listeners um it's definitely an experience that i mean any of any woman could have mm-hmm. out of nowhere and have no clue about and so to me it's like it's it's fascinating to understand the emotional side of it and even like the scientific part of it um but i'm like very very appreciative for women like you who are uh very vulnerable and you know have found the courage to like speak up and like own their story and share it because like this it's just so personal and it's it's it is sad. Yeah, it is very sad totally. to think about that and to think about being in that position of wanting that so bad and feeling like that's your calling and and not being able to and not knowing if you will be able to. Like I that's just, I, I really can't imagine and I hope I'm, I'm never in that position and I hope that many other women aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hard truth is that some people might and, and yeah. I could be and... Um, I think it's it's really helpful to hear stories like yours where, you know, you can learn a little bit more about it so maybe it doesn't feel as scary or maybe you can hear the hope in it and maybe feel like like there, like, like there is a chance for you. Um, and I know there was... There was another woman that I had on the podcast, Sarah McNally. Um, she owns Constellation Co. in Seattle. Um, and we we went into it a little bit on the podcast. Um, she actually ended up adopting a child yeah. because they weren't able to um, conceive a child together. But, um, you know, just the whole process, like, it's wild to think about how we even go about, like, procreating. I know. So, insane it's crazy it's true but everyone's journey will will happen to them the way it's supposed to and Mm -hmm. there's something to take from it that's just what i always tell them and the second they have their babies in their arms no matter how they got there Mm -hmm. that journey getting there will just make them a better mom and i believe it Well, thank you so much. Thanks Um, for having me. Yeah. And if people want to find you, we've already mentioned some of the places, but if you want to call them out again, where people can find you. You're so sweet. So yeah, I'm Convey the Moment on Instagram and that's kind of where you see me the most. And then the kindest plate is my vegan page. So if you guys want to follow simple, easy recipes, that's where I'm at. Yeah. 
Yay. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. It's been I'm wonderful so having you. Um, we're going to explore this sanctuary today. So <laughs> we'll be sure to post some pictures of it. And then when you guys see the pictures or listen to the podcast, you'll know what was happening. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening and tuning into this episode today. Um, I love getting your guys' feedback. If you want to head over to iTunes and leave a review or a rating and let me know what you're liking about the show. Um, and also you can always send topic suggestions to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And again, just thank you guys so much. I hope you guys take some amazing things away from this episode and make sure to like take care of yourself this week and make sure that you're checking in and that you're reaching out to friends and family and whoever your support is. Um, I'm so, so, so grateful for you guys and I will talk to you next time. podcast is brought to you by wave podcast network check out all of our shows including the brain candy podcast i don't get it coffee convos and let's talk about it when you download the kroger app you have easy access to savings every day shop weekly sales and get personalized coupons to get the most value out of every trip every time whether you shop in store or online download the kroger app now to save big Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 